The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast. And my guest tonight is a comic book writer and an attorney, John Crowther. How's it going, John? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad you came on. So how are you doing during this whole crisis? Yeah, a lot of lockdown. I've actually, I'm kind of, as we're talking, I'm wandering through my uh, my ever-growing garden. It's, it's, it's expanded a lot uh, with the lockdown. I'm lucky enough, living here in Florida, we've got you know, some subtropical weather, and there's a really good, uh, it's an orchid place that's kind of near me, so my wife and I spend a lot of time there buying stuff, and, and, and our, our backyard kind of looks like a, like we've expanded the, the orchid store, I think. <laughs> so, that's, it's been good. It's been keeping me busy, getting me doing a lot of outside stuff, and uh, continuing to have some, some good writing time in, so making the most of it. So, uh, growing up, you were a professional wrestling fan, and you watched uh, CWF, with uh, Gordon Sully. Oh, yeah, yeah. Growing up here in Florida, you know, I'm a little bit older than maybe some of the guys that listen. Um, but, you know, growing up in the late 70s, early 80s, before WWF had really expanded into the television territorial fund. So down here in Florida, the stuff that we watched was, was CWF coming out of Tampa. And, of course, they would travel and do a lot of house shows. So that's what I grew up on. You know, Dusty Rhodes, uh, Blackjack Mulligan. I got to see, I remember... Being a kid and seeing seeing uh, Barry Windham, some of his early matches, seeing Dustin Rhodes debut and Kendall Windham, yeah, great place to be. And really, some top notch wrestling going on down here. I'm also in Florida too. When you were younger, uh, you met Ke- Kevin Sullivan. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so Kevin was. Uh, it's funny. This was during his time when he was he was playing like the. I forget what the exact name of it was, but it was he was kind of like a. Not, not the taskmaster, but like he played like a satanic kind of guy. So it was during that time, and he was a client actually of my father's. My dad's an attorney here in Florida. And I remember being a little kid, and the first time I saw him in person, I mean, I was used to seeing him on TV. First time I saw him in person, I was at the office. I used to come to the office every day after work at Enlocks, uh, Kevin Sullivan and, and woman, actually, uh, who later, later, later um, been was wife. And uh, Nancy Benoit, but she was Nancy Sullivan at the time. And, and she came in because she was from my hometown at Deland. And I see them come in, and of course I'm in, you know, wrestling fan heaven as they come in, but also scared at the same time because this is a guy that could throw fireballs on his opponents, you know, in matches. So as he comes in, there was a little, little window that separated my mother's library and office from my dad's office. And I'm climbing on the chair trying to peek through to see him. And uh, my mom's like, you know, don't do that. This is your dad's client. And I'm like, Mom, you don't understand. This is like the devil in there with Dad. And, of course, my mom, being a sweet mom, didn't want to ruin the magic of wrestling. So she didn't want to tell me anything was, was fake. So she's like, well, honey, you know, I'm, I'm sure your dad's going to be okay. He's not going to throw a fireball at your dad today. But you still need to be quiet. So <laughs> that was the first time uh, I actually got to meet Kevin Sullivan in person. And he was really a wonderful guy. And then growing up here... Uh, in Deland, which was pretty close to Daytona Beach, where Sullivan was living at the time. I think he was living in South Daytona. And we'd see him out at the at the Steak and Shake. We'd see him out. There's a little Japanese restaurant there called Sapporo's. I remember seeing him there and, and him 
seeing me peeking over at him from across the room, he called me over, got to have some sushi with him, and I think it was Oliver Humperdinck and uh, uh, Mark Lewin, who was going by, um, God, what was his what was his name back then? The um, Oh, geez, yeah, I'm sure you remember. You know, part of that part of that crew that Sullivan had. Yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue. There. Yeah, I can see the yeah. Pit. Oh, the purple haze, the purple haze. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was that was actually the first time I ever got to meet wrestlers in person. You know, it was Kevin Sullivan, and it's always stuck with me. And then years later, I had the opportunity to meet him and run into him again at um, at a luncheon on these Legends luncheons down in Tampa. I had gone to with with Brian Blair, and I got to relate a story. And he actually did remember. It was actually pretty cool. I would have been I would have been marking out right there since he remembered everything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's really, really, really neat experience. And growing up here in Florida just really let you, you know, kind of be in, in, in among a lot of these guys. You'd just see them out. You'd see them around. They were traveling the state. They were they were hitting a lot of the, the different arenas around Florida. I remember here in Deland, where I was growing up in particular, <clears throat> they do the Armory, which is which is probably about two or three miles from my house now. They sometimes do Stetson's Edmund Center, which is just about two blocks away from me. So it's you know, some really great memories. Um, also, how'd you become a writer and get into the uh, comic book business? And were you a comic book fan growing up too, as well as a pro wrestler? Yeah. yeah. So you know, at that time in my life, back when I was a little kid, um, comics were different too. I mean, I mean, they were the same, but how you, how you got them was a little bit different. I don't really recall there being a lot of, you know, you, you go to the comic store now and these comic shops are these massive uh, stores, generally speaking. But back then, it wasn't quite like that. At least not around here. So where I'd get my comics, if you remember the old Rexall drugs, I don't know how old you are, but <clears throat> these Rexall drug stores would, would have comics, but they'd have them on these spinner racks, you know. So I'd get dropped off from the school, get off the bus, and I'd always pass an old Rexall drug store, and that's where I'd dip in and, and grab my comics at the time. You know, they're going about 50 cents, 75 cents a pop. So I was a, a big fan of comics at the same time I was growing up on wrestling. And, uh, but never really thought of the two together. It was just kind of, I loved comics and I loved wrestling. So about five years ago, I always enjoyed writing. About five years ago, I had a teenage daughter and we were, you know, we would go and hit some of these local comic book conventions over in Tampa and Orlando and, and such. And, and, and she loved comics. And one of the things, one of the problems though I had was that, you know, I didn't feel that girls had a lot of female characters to look up to that weren't like hypersexualized in comics. Yeah. Who weren't just a sidekick. So I said, well, you know, why don't I, you know, I've always been one of, if you don't like something, do something about it. So I went out and created my own comic book character. And, uh, but I'd never done a comic. So I created this idea. I wrote off to an artist who I had admired when I was a kid. His name's Del Barris. And Del had done a lot of work for DC Comics. Um, he worked on Blue Beetle, I think he broke into the industry working on Savage Sword of Conan. And then he got into animation. He was one of Stan Lee's animators for, for Spider-Man and I did some other things, but I wrote him a letter and uh, kind of told him what my idea was, who I was, and about two months later, I heard back from him. He sent me a letter, actually a package, uh, with a letter in it and some original art, and he said, I love your idea, uh, let's do it, give me a call. So... Gave him a call, and uh, Dell told me to you know, write me a script, and, and we'll put something together. But of course, having never written a comic, I had no idea how to write a script. So, you know, I'm back in the same boat. How the hell do you write a script? So, I uh, started doing some research, tracked down a website for. If you're into comics, you know Marv Wolfman. Um, yeah. Marv Wolfman, one of his 
Yeah, one of his big projects was Crises on Infinite Earth, and that was another Great you know, series. favorite title of mine as I was a kid, yeah. So I, I reached out to Marv Wolfman on his site and acquired a, uh, a script <laughs> for one of his Teen Titans stories, and uh, a signed script, and that became kind of like my template. So wrote my first comic, you know, or wrote my first script, sent it off to Dell, he put it together. Uh, luckily, he knew a publisher here in Florida, AC Comics, they picked it up. And I uh, had my first comic book published in 2015. That's did pretty, pretty good. That's yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty good. So uh, it got noticed by some folks over at a publisher in uh, Texas called Antarctic Press. I don't know if you've heard of Antarctic Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, they've been around for a while. They were, when, when Diamond Distribution really busted out as a distributor, they were one of the uh, 10 original comic book companies that they were working with. So you know, they've been around for a while. Um, they kind of lowered a mid-level. But I reached out to them, talked to them about my series. They liked the idea. And I, I ended up doing a couple of uh, volumes with them, uh, about six issues. But at the same time, I befriended um, a wrestler. Um, we had mutual friends, and his name was Nikolai Volkov. And Nikolai and I started talking, and, and he loved comics, which was pretty cool. Because you now you think about the wrestlers, at least I did, but I wasn't thinking about them as comic book fans. Yeah. You know, you're thinking about them as wrestlers. You're not thinking comics and toys and stuff like that. And actually, over the years, I've learned a lot of these guys, I mean, they're just like us, the guys and the gals. A lot of them love comics, a lot of them love toys, a lot of them are collectors, you know, really cool people. And uh, so he told me, he said, you know, I've always, or I've spoken with a few people about getting a comic done on my life, but no one's ever come through on it. You know, we talk about it and, and they just kind of fade off and don't hear from them again. So I said, well, I'll tell you what, Nikolai, if I tell you I'm going to do a comic for you, I promise you I'll get it done. So... I reached out to some folks um, who I know you were talking to earlier, uh, Kevin Laporte. Yes. He and, he, he's out of Alabama. He and his, uh, his partner there, Amanda Rachels, they had created a publishing company called Inverse Press. And Inverse is known for doing uh, horror-type comics, yeah. which is kind of funny because later on I have done some horror stuff too. Uh, with like heavy metal magazine and things like that. It's kind of blossomed into that. But I reached out to them. I backed a couple of their projects on Kickstarter. And I told him, I said, hey, I got this idea about doing a biographical wrestling comic on this, on, on Nikolai Volkov. And they loved the idea. So Kevin and I sat down and we talked and we decided to create what's called Squared Circle Comics, who is really the publisher of, uh, of all the wrestling stuff that we're doing. So we started with Nikolai, you know, and from there it's just, you know, it's really blown up. It's really blossomed. Introducing me to new people such as Bruno San Martino and uh, Brian Blair, Lanny Poffo, you know, a lot of these books have come out over the last, you know, five years, culminating in what we're doing with on Kickstarter right now, that encyclopedia. So how'd you guys, um, we were talking about that, how'd you come up with the comic book encyclopedia of pro wrestling and how long did it take you to go out and interview all these pro wrestlers? You also uh, interviewed, you know, uh, uh, Rocky Johnson before he passed and... Um, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Um, yeah, Hacksaw. I mean, I can... The list goes on and on. I, what we've done with the encyclopedia is over the last five years, uh, we've been doing a lot of, like, single issues and series <clears throat> for various wrestlers. And we decided that once we got ourselves a nice collection of, uh, of books together, we wanted to just make them all available in a, in a larger volume. So basically what this encyclopedia is, is it's a collection, not all, but a collection of almost all of the books that we've done over the last five years 
<clears throat> with some additional added uh, encyclopedia entries. So that's what this is. So this book, it doesn't include Rocky. Now, you're right. I did do Rocky's book. We just finished that one up and released it literally a couple of weeks before he passed away, which was, you know, was a hard thing because Nick, or, or, or Rocky and I had, had been doing, we, we were pretty much uh, pretty well known on the Florida circuit as doing a lot of things together. You know, basically any con I did in Florida or Rocky did in Florida, that we were together. So, but we did get his book out right before he passed away. And that one will most likely be in volume two. But volume one is going to contain, as you mentioned, it's going to have Hacksaw Jim Duggan in it. He'll have Brian Blair, uh, let's see, Jim Brunzel, Lanny Poffo, Sonny from Glow. We're working with several of the Glow girls. Uh, Ricky Morton from the Rock and Roll Express. Um, Bruno, Nikolai, uh, God, it's, it's Bobby Fulton. Bobby Fulton, Fantastics. So it's a nice collection. Well, nice collection. A little over 280 pages, I would say. So what was it like to uh, work with Patricia Summerlin, who is known as Sunny from Glow? What was that like to get her story into a comic book form? Oh, she's a sweetheart, I'll tell you. I, mean, I, was, a, I was a fan of Glow, probably, you know, probably not as big as I, as I was of the regular NWA stuff and, and such, but I was a fan of Glow, and she was just a doll. I'll tell you, she's... And even to this day, and, you know, and all of these people, including including Patricia, have become good friends, you know, and it's, um, you know, just learning the things that she went through. She had a pretty, you know, her life wasn't all roses. You know, she had a lot of issues um, that she had to deal with growing up and, and being able to turn it into something that is as great as Glow was. I and mean, Glow was a, you know, I don't know if you were around when Glow was out in the 80s. I, we didn't I was. How old you are. Oh, yeah. I was. <laughs> so, you know, it was, it, was, it was a pretty innovative series. and. And really kind of set the tone. I mean, obviously it was a little, you know, a little different tone than today's women's wrestling is, but it did kind of set the tone for, for the real, for the, for, for what we see the divas doing now. And, 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 and just, you kind of over the top characters and things like that. It was, it was actually pretty cool. That was great. You got to sit down with her. Um, I got a chance to get to know her too as a friend and I, she's just like a very down to earth lady. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful person. Yeah, I love her to death, and she's helped me a lot with a lot of stuff, too. And, you know, and if she listens to this, I just want to say thank you, Patricia. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure she'll be listening. She's she's pretty active on social media, really likes to interact with her fans and, and, and such. I mean, she's just another, you know, great character, you know, that's been out there, but not just, just a character, but a, a good person and a great friend. Um, also, when you built your friendship with Nikolai Volkov, um, what yes. was a cool story he told to you? Oh, or, you or what? A good story from Nikolai? I mean, he's got a great. He's got a lot of great. Okay. Yeah. Nikolai, you know, a lot of people, you know, remember him as being like the Russian guy that came in. He was. He really did defect. I mean, when he came over. He was initially a kid growing up in in, in uh, the Czech Republic, and. Uh, he told me when he was sitting down, when he decided he wanted to, to, to leave and come to the, to the West, he actually didn't defect to the United States, he defected to Canada. And uh, he did it because he had learned that his grandfather, his great-grandfather actually, was a personal bodyguard for Archduke Ferdinand of Austria, and he was killed by communists. So that is when Nikolai decided that he didn't like communism and he wanted to get out of it and come here. So his father told him the best way you're ever going to get out of the country is to focus on sports because sports will give you that ticket 
you know, whether it be Olympics or what, whatever it could be. So that's what he did. He started training in judo and in, and in powerlifting, and he eventually was, I think he came out, he was like four-time uh, Yugoslavian powerlifting champion by the by the time he was 17. So that tells you a lot. Mm-hmm. And this guy was, he was a massive kid, powerful guy, and he actually defected to Canada during a uh, powerlifting competition in Austria. Before he was supposed to go into the finals, he just walked, basically walked right out the door and, and walked into the Canadian embassy and asked for asylum. You know, really, really a brave thing to do for a 17-year-old kid. Um, but the first time I met him, kind of a kind of a funny introduction. Uh, we had talked on the phone. It's not the first time we met. First time we met in person. We talked on the phone over about a year or so, and uh, he was coming down to Florida to be at WrestleMania in Orlando. So he said, hey, John, why don't you meet me at the WWE Hotel? So I drive over, which is kind of funny how it started. I drive over, and uh, you know, Orlando's a big town for people who haven't been there, but trying to get around with Disney and all that kind of stuff. So I arrive in the parking lot, and I get lost, you know. So here's me. I'm in my 40s. I, I wear my glasses. I'm trying to carry comic book pages around. I drop the pages in the parking lot. I don't know where to get in. <clears throat> Some guy starts picking them up. I look up. And it's Cesaro helping me lift my pages up on the parking lot. Wow, so, you had Cesaro. <laughs> so I look at him, I'm like, are you, are you Cesaro? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, thanks, man. I'm like, well, how do I get into this hotel? So he, so basically I get an escort into the hotel by Cesaro, who uh, walks me through the lobby. I'm looking around. You know, Mark Henry is there. I see Arn Anderson in there. I see Shane McMahon in there. I mean, I'm in like... You know, wrestling fanboy heaven as I'm walking through here. He takes me to the elevator, puts me on the elevator just as I hit, because Nikolai's on the top floor. I hit the button to take me out to the top floor. A hand comes in, stops the elevator. I mean, this is, you know, total fanboyism here going here. End steps Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I ride the elevator to the top floor with Roman Reigns. And the nice thing about it is, I got pictures of all this stuff, you know. Uh-huh. So Roman Reigns rides up with me. I start talking to him, telling him where I'm going. He's like, good luck with everything. I walk down. I find Nikolai's room. Door's kind of cracked open a little bit. I knock on the door. Come on in, you know. So he's not worried about seeing who it is or anything. Just come on in. You know? So I open the door, and there's Nikolai. He looks at me, and he says, you're a lot fatter in person than you sounded on the phone. I'm like, oh, all right. He goes, get on over here and get on the floor. So I spent the first probably 15, 20 minutes of meeting Nikolai with him showing me how to do crunches on his hotel room floor at WrestleMania. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. So that was a treat. That is awesome. And then um, what was it like working with Hacksaw to get his story into the encyclopedia? Okay, well, Hacksaw and I, because, you know, he, he used to live actually not that far from here. He used to live over in Melbourne, but um, once once I started working with Hacksaw, he was living up in, in uh, I think it's pronounced Lugoff, like Lugoff, South Carolina. Okay. So, I, I, honestly, all of my interviews with Hacksaw have been by telephone, uh, but he's a great guy. You know, him and his wife, uh, Deborah, um, they're always, you know, answering the phone or responding to emails and things like that, and just... You know, I, I kind of miss the in-person encounters. I do enjoy the interviews when I get to sit down with somebody in person. Yeah. But I've had, you know, hours of phone conversations with Hacksaw, and it was, it's been, it's just really a treat, too. I mean, and you hear these guys, and, and the funny thing is you close your eyes and you hear them talking, and it's those iconic voices coming through the phone, you know? 
whether it be Hacksaw, whether it be Lanny Poffo, uh, where I'm lucky Lanny does live here in Florida, so I do a lot of appearances with Lanny too. But you hear these guys, Nikolai, Lanny, Bruno, uh, Rocky Johnson, you know, and to be a, a fan of them over the years and to sit there and you just, you're interviewing them and just honestly, just close your eyes and it's like you're, it's like you're imagining them on TV talking to you because those voices are so familiar from what you've grown up with. You know, it's really, it's really a neat experience. Yeah. And speaking of Lanny Poffo, um, I got a chance to meet him and interview him as well. And uh, mm-hmm. he's just a nice down to earth guy. And I grew up, uh, you know, watching him wrestling. Um, I grew up out in California. So I saw him at a live uh, WWF event when he was, you know, uh, Leaping Lanny Poffo, where he was okay. doing the poems. And he would throw Frisbee out. So um, I, I, caught the, right. yeah. I, I caught the Frisbee and he signed it. So when I interviewed him, um, over at Future Great Wrestling, which I'm a part of here in Cincinnati, um, I told him that story, and he just he just liked it. And then he told me a story about him, you know, uh, getting one of the boomerangs from the tag team, the Kangaroos. Yeah, that's exactly true. Because I, I remember when I was talking to him, I said, "Where did you come up with the idea uh, for the for the frisbee?" And he said, "Actually, it came from the uh, the Kangaroos." And he said that you know they used to throw up. Oh, what are those things? Those boomerangs. Boomerangs out mm-hmm. into the audience, you know? Yep. And he says, I didn't want to copy them, but, and I didn't want to actually throw a boomerang. I mean, they used <laughs> those to hunt, you know, in a lot of places. But he came up with the idea of the Frisbee, and he'd write a little poem in the Frisbee, and he'd throw it out to the fans. Yeah, and um, um, he um, also told me he still has that same boomerang, like how I have still that same Frisbee today. <laughs> that's really cool. That's really cool. I know. We just... you, you find a lot, a lot of these wrestlers, you know, I mean, he grew up in a wrestling family. Yes, you know, he did. Dad and, and, Randy. And he actually was, yeah, well, he was actually wrestling before 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 Randy was. Yes, you he know, was. Randy was, was in, in, in baseball, and, and uh, Lanny followed his dad directly into wrestling. Lanny took that, or Randy took that segue off and, and, and played baseball, played for the Reds and everything before he came in. He actually was a referee uh, when Lanny was wrestling before Randy, you know, walked up and, and, and really stepped it up as, uh, as Randy Savage, but... You know, he was he was always around wrestling, you know, and, and a lot of these guys had been, whether they were born into it or, or a lot of times they were just fans of it from, from an early age. So and they are and they are now. I mean they're still fans of, of, of what they see or, or fans of the guys that they that they performed with. One of the neat ones I talked to was uh, Bobby Fulton. If you remember Bobby Fulton and the Fantastics. Yes, I do. Um, I'm good friends of Bobby Fulton. Yeah. I know him personally. Okay. Okay. Well Bobby's a great guy. I remember talking to him and his is really one of the stories I really enjoyed, too, because he was really a fan who became a pro wrestler. I mean, he was a kid who, you know, used to watch, you know, watch wrestling on TV. I think he would watch a lot of uh, big-time wrestling, the stuff that the Sheik was putting out, out of Detroit. He would watch that stuff on TV, and he said he'd sit there and he'd, he'd go to church with his parents, and then he would run as fast as he could from the church back to his house so he could watch wrestling, wrestling on TV. Um, but he was a fan who, you know, eventually he'd start going to the to the promotions that were local. He'd help put the ring up, and of course, the wrestlers weren't smartening him up. You know, they didn't do that back then. I mean, you know, to everybody who was a fan, you were coming out, and everything you saw, it was legit. You know, and uh, so he would help set up the ring. Eventually, he'd ask wrestlers to show him how to how to do certain moves, and they'd show him how to do moves. Still, wouldn't smarten him up. And I remember him telling me one time he was about seventeen years old. He'd gotten his first pair of boots. And, and some of the wrestlers had been, had been, you know, showing him a few moves in the ring. And 
promoter comes up to him that's out in Chillicothe, Ohio, and says, you know, Bobby, I need you to get in the ring. He goes, uh, you know, one of our wrestlers didn't show up. You know, but Bobby says, you know, but I'm not, his name's Jimmy, but he says, I'm not, uh, I'm not 18. He says, well, you're 18 tonight. So, so he hops in the ring, and of course, they hadn't told him it's a work, you know. So he's in the ring waiting, and they send out his opponent, and they, they didn't tell his opponent it was a work either. So these two guys get in the ring, and they literally started beating the hell out of each other for about 5, 10, maybe 15 minutes before they entered the locker room and broke them up. And Bobby said, and that was when he was introduced to wrestling. He wasn't even told that it was nothing was scripted to him. They just threw him in the ring and let him go at it. And he made about 5 bucks that night. He said he was the happiest guy on the planet. He was busted up, probably a broken nose, bleeding all over the place, but he had the best time of his life. <laughs> that is pretty cool. <laughs> um, he also had a uh, son, uh, Dylan, that um, helped yeah. him out in the business over in Chillicothe, Ohio. And Dylan's Absolutely, got, yeah. yeah, Dylan's gotten to ring a little bit too, and uh, he's studying to become an attorney too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm friends with Dylan online. We've chatted quite a bit, and he helped out a lot with getting a lot of info put together for his dad and getting everything coordinated. We're actually working on, on issue two of his dad series. And uh, it's got, you should see some of the art. Um, Javier Lugo is our artist on that. He did some work for IDW. And uh, his, his new pages are just looking fantastic. So is um, Javier, is he like a big wrestling fan or is he just like a comic book geek just like us? I think he's a comic book geek like us who's slowly becoming... I think I've turned a few comic book geeks into wrestling fans over the last couple of years. You know, because, uh, I mean, some of them liked wrestling, some of them, like Kevin, who I, uh, who, who, who's helping publish all these things uh, yeah. with Inverse Press, he's a huge wrestling fan. I remember we started chatting, and he, he remember going to his first match, he saw Rick, he said, with Ric Flair against, uh, you have to ask him, but he saw Ric Flair in his first ever match right there in Alabama when he was just a little kid, you know, and he's loved wrestling ever since. So us getting together to do this was, was a perfect fit, but some of the other guys like Del Barris, who's done the Nikolai series and the killer bees and, and he did the Rocky book. And I think he's going to be doing, uh, Terry Funk's book for us and, and, and probably Magnum TAs. He, he's from the Philippines. He didn't really know much about wrestling. I mean, he knew, you know, like most people do know who Hulk Hogan is and, and, and Ric Flair and stuff like that. But beyond that, you know, he didn't know too much about wrestling. So he's a guy that I've kind of, you know, tuned into wrestling. And as, as, as I'm telling the stories and, and, and sending him the scripts and sending him, you know, images of the different guys to make sure we get everything set up straight. He's starting to learn a little bit. And I think he's becoming a bigger and bigger fan of it as it goes along. Since you're part of Squared uh, Circle Comics, um, has there been any other pro wrestlers that have reached out to you that you didn't get a chance to interview and do a story about? Oh, yeah, we've got, I hear, I, I, just to be perfectly honest, I probably hear from, you know, two to three wrestlers a month um, asking us to do a book for them. We're so back, we're backed up literally um, to 20, I think 2022 right now, um, with guys that are just signed. Um, I can tell you who we've got. I mean, right now we've got guys coming down the pipe. we got a book um, about to be finished up for Gangrel. Uh, we've got a book coming out for Billy Gunn. I mentioned Terry Funk, Magnum TA, The Warlord. Uh, we're still wrapping up the series for Bruno and, and, and uh, Rock and Roll Express and The Killer Bees and Bobby Fulton. We've got uh, uh, Hollywood, who was the first ever wrestler signed by Glow. Uh, we've got her book in production right now. Oh, I got definitely talked to Gene about that Hollywood Glow. I'm I'm good friends with yeah. Gene. Uh, we talk like yeah, she, yeah, she's great. Yeah. 
she um I um I um had her on my podcast a couple times and then from there we built a friendship outside after the podcast. So um we, we would call each other, you know, like once in great so often see how we're doing. And then I finally yeah. got to meet her down in um down down in Tennessee at the NWA 70th anniversary show. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, she's wonderful. I, I, I'm about halfway through her script now, and, and we anticipate her book come out. You know, more towards probably the end of 2020. With, with the COVID thing, it kind of slowed us, put us a little bit behind schedule. So you know what that means? That. When that first issue comes out, I want it signed by you and Gene. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But because we built up so much. Um, uh-huh. I kind of mentioned it before we went on, when we, before we went live. I uh, I decided to try my first venture outside of comics, and uh, just recently signed an agreement last week, actually, with the Bushwhackers. And um, I'll be writing my first full-length autobiography that'll trace the Bushwhackers through their entire career. You know, which was a heck of a career spanning the '60s, '70s, '80s, '90s, even into the 2000s. So that'll be a lot of fun. It's something I can do, you know, when I'm not doing the comics and just kind of keep that rustling. Yeah, storytelling flowing. That's pretty cool. You know, another after you do a Bushwhackers, um, and if it d- does good for you, the autobiography, I can uh, tell you another uh, independent uh, pro wrestler that deserves to have a book, and um, he would tell you tons of stories. He's been in the wrestling business for over 20 years. I mean, he's been up, yeah. you know, WWE, WCW, and he's trained um, like Eli Drake, uh, Braxton oh, Sutter, John Moxley. Yeah. Um, uh, Drew Skill, Shauna Reed, um, uh, Pepper Parks, of course, was Braxton Sarah just said, and Eli Drake, and, and he also trained Sammy Callahan, and he goes by oh, the cool. he goes by the name of Cody Hawk. Oh yeah, yeah, I know the name. I know the name. Yeah, Cody's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, there's there's and some of these stories. I mean, you hear from the road and from the different mm-hmm. territories. Really, some some cool uh, fun stories, and I. I, I you know, if, even beyond telling them, I mean, if I could tell, you know, even a third of the stories I hear from the guys, you know, it put you on the floor. Um, but, you know, we try and hit, at least in the comics, we try and stay a little bit more PG-13. Um, we try to, but we also try to hit the highlights that the wrestlers view as the highlights of their career, you know. And, and I've learned that what we might necessarily see as a highlight of their career isn't necessarily what they view as their highlight. So it makes it really a, a cool read because you're, you're actually hearing because it's from interviews that I have with them. It's actually, you're hearing what they felt that they wanted to have told in their comics rather than what I'm selecting. So, um, what was the hardest interview you had to do, um, when you did like, uh, you know, the encyclopedia and some of the comic books you wrote? Well, I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't really say any of them have been difficult. They've all, you know, I talk to these guys and everything just really, it flows, you know? I mean, um, yeah, I, I can't really say any of them have been a difficult interview. Um, you know, it, it's been hard dealing with some, not dealing with the guys, but in three of the books I've, I've, I've worked on, uh, three of the gentlemen have passed away. And that's probably been the hardest part about it is that, you know, I have these interviews, I get to know them, we, we become friends, we joke. Uh, first one I lost was Bruno, you know, and uh, I, I like, always like to tell the story. Bruno was the first guy to ever rid me, the first wrestler. Um, I remember I, you know, when I went to WrestleMania, you know, I was introduced to, uh, to him through Nikolai and, and everybody exchanged phone numbers so I had his phone number in my phone but uh, I had never talked to him on the phone and one night I'm sitting it's about 4 o'clock in the morning my phone starts buzzing and I look over and it's flashing you know, Bruno San Martino 
and uh, of course, you know, when Bruno, when Bruno San Martino calls, you're going to answer the phone. I don't care what time it is. <laughs> so, so I, I pick up the phone. I'm like, hello. And I hear, John, it's Bruno. I'm like, oh, hey, Bruno, how are you? I'm good. Uh, Nikolai says I can call you anytime. Is now okay? I said, yeah, Bruno, call me whenever you want. He says, okay, good night. And he hung up on me. So, you know, that's, I mean, just such a great guy. I mean, and, and the, the, our first phone conversation is him just ribbing me at four o'clock in the morning to hang up on me. But we had some, we had some great talks. And then, you know, I lost him. Shortly after losing him, I lost Nikolai, you know, and, and Nikolai actually spent, we spent quite a bit of time together. We talked a lot on the phone. He flew down to Florida a couple times, uh, one for WrestleMania. Second time he flew down, actually stayed at my house uh, just outside Daytona Beach. And we did a Daytona Beach Comic Con and, and, and hit a bunch of comic shops. He'd call throughout the week just to talk to my wife sometimes. I mean, just a real sweet man. And uh, we lost him right after Bruno. And then, of course, Rocky. You know, Rocky, um, first, <laughs> first time I met Rocky, I was at a Legends luncheon with Brian Blair. I'd done a few books. I saw Rocky when I walk in. He was sitting at a table with some of the other legends. Got my back to him, man. There, hey, hey. I turn around. It's Rocky. He says, Are "You the comic book guy?" I said, "I guess." You know. He <laughs> says, "Well, you write comics, do you? Do you not write comics?" I said, "Yeah, I write comics." He goes, "Well, how come you haven't written my comic yet? Am I not famous enough for you?" <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, "Of course you're famous enough, Rocky. You haven't asked me." He goes, "Well, I'm asking you now." So, you know, we exchanged cards, and he says, well, let's do this book, and make sure you put me over, you know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I did. We talked, and, and, and we hit it off, and then, you know, for the next, like, two, three years, Rocky and I were doing shows all over the state of Florida together. I remember him telling me at Tampa Comic Con, he says, hey, John, from here on out, you know, I won't do another con unless you're sitting with me, you know, which was a pretty nice, uh, nice thing to say. So, you know, I miss those guys, and that's probably the hardest part of what I've done is, I work with these guys. I, I interview them for you know a couple of years, get to know them really well, hang out with them, and then I've had them taken away. Which is, you know, I'm blessed that I got to spend the time I did. I'm blessed I got to tell their story, but it's it's never easy to lose a friend. Um, since you have all these wrestlers that have reached out to you, um, there's one wrestler out there. I wonder if you've reached out to. He's a big comic book fan too, and that's a uh, Hurricane Shane Helms. <laughs> yeah, I know uh, Shane does a lot of work with Michael Kingston. Um, but be that as it may, when we announced the release of the, and I haven't spoken with him in depth about anything. Yeah. When we, re, when we, when we announced the, uh, the release of the encyclopedia, he did jump on my, my Facebook page and said, what, how can you do a comic book on wrestling and not include Shane Helms? So, <laughs> so you never know. You never know what the future might bring. That's pretty cool. That would be awesome. Um, um, I also did a, uh, interview with Michael Kingston too. He's a great guy and. You know, yeah, he, he has a good guy. Yeah, he knows a lot about comics and pro wrestling too. He he was fun just to interview. I mean, that guy just had some stories. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. Well, he's he's traveled a lot with him. He does a lot with with Jerry Lawler, and, and he's you know a lot of the, a lot of the current roster guys. He does a lot of stuff with them, and he puts out some quality work. I don't know if you've seen his book, but it's a really he does some really good stuff. Oh, I've seen this book. And um, speaking of earlier, how you were talking about conventions and you know wrestling shows, man, I'm missing those so bad because it's a stupid COVID nineteen. Gosh, I'm having pro- yeah. Tell me about it. I'm having pro wrestling withdrawals. I'm having comic convention, horror convention withdrawals. It's just hard, and it's just not the same. Yeah, yeah. I've had. I, I want to say I've probably had about four or five conventions canceled. 
uh, most recent, I just learned this past week that the uh, Daytona Beach Camp Comic Book Convention, I've, I've done it every year in the last four or five years, it's coming up in November, was just canceled. We had, I want to say it was maybe in like two or three weeks, we we're supposed to have River City Wrestling Con up in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. which was a really nice show uh, I did last year. They had the Four Horsemen there, they had a lot of the NWO guys there, and they just announced that uh, they had to cancel it this year. Uh, so they're not going to have that one run until 2021. So, yeah, it's kind of put a damper on a lot of the in-person shows. Some people have stepped up. I know Kenny Casanova and his crew had me on where they called it Wrestling Bookmarks COVID Con uh-huh. uh, a couple of weeks ago, which was a real nice uh, presentation they put together that was broadcast online and broadcast by Fight TV, which really let the fans. You know, you'd have these 30-minute snippets where, where the wrestlers are on, the writers are on, and, and the fans can really interact with them live. And uh, that went over really well. I know they're doing another one here, I think, in about two weeks. You know, so they're trying to kind of fill the void with some of the online stuff. But I agree with you. There's nothing like that in-person uh, meeting where you can actually meet the fans and the fans can meet the wrestlers and, and the creators and things like that. Yeah, and, and, and it's hard. And I hope that they find a cure for this and this gets all rid of. I mean, it's just it's just annoying. <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you, it's something none of us have had to live through before, you know, and I'm sure they'll write a few comics about it down the road. Shoot, they'll probably do movies about it. I mean, there's some... (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, I don't want to see a movie about that. (laughs) Yeah, I just, people, you know, people be smart, you know, be smart, wash your hands, don't, don't, you know, blow your nose on people, and I think we'll all be okay. So, where can um, everybody find you on social media, and how to uh, get to Kickstarter to uh, get your, the comic book encyclopedia of pro wrestling? Okay, well, you can find me. I mean, I'm on all you know the major social media sites. You can find me on Twitter. I go by my name, uh, John Crowther. Um, I've got a personal page, which I usually accept people as long as they don't seem too freaky. Uh, <laughs> but on the personal page, you can find me. I do have a writer page. It's just John E. Crowther, comic book writer. Uh, you can find us, Squared Circle Comics, on, on, uh, on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, um, Instagram. We're on all those sites. Uh, you can, they've got a, actually a website too. If you just type in Squared Circle Comics, you can find us and you can even find back issues of some of the old comics we've done, some of the single issues. Um, the Kickstarter, um, if you're going to jump on it, jump on it soon because we've only got about three days left. But it is on Kickstarter. It's the Comic Book Encyclopedia Pro Wrestling. We got some really good deals. I mean, you can get the, it's a 280 plus page book. You can get it for $24.99. Every single day we give out a free random autograph to a, to a random backer. Of the book, we've given out autographs for Ricky Morton, Killer Bees, Nikolai Volkov, Sonny, Bobby Fulton, Lanny Papa. So every day somebody's walking out of there with a free autograph. Uh, plus, there's options where you can pick up some of the autograph bundles, even by Nikolai and and uh, the Bees and, and 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 Jake Hager and stuff like that. So there's there's some really cool rewards you can get. You can get yourself put in the book. Um, just a lot of really cool stuff. Speaking of Sunny, what was that like to interview her? Boy, she's had a rough life. Who's that, Sunny? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, yeah. It's some of that stuff. It's hard to hear it, but I think she's she's come above and she's beaten a lot of the things that she had to go through um, over her life, and um, whether it be you know personal dealings or, or, or you know the illness with her father and, and different things like that, and and she's come back and she's. She's come back strong, you know, so I, I like being able to, I think at the same point, you'd have to ask her, but I think at the same point, uh, not only the interview, but just to have someone, I think sometimes to be able to lay that stuff out to, uh, is always a good, uh, 
is always a good potion for the soul to be able to get your, you know, tell your story. And, uh, you know, I will plug, she's got a book. Actually, we did the comic book, uh, but the comic book can only tell so much. And she does have a book she's putting together with a writer named Scott Stevens. Uh, there's going to be at least one or two issues of, of uh, a full length book that's really going to tell her story. So I, I would recommend, you know, you know, follow her, Sunny, if you, if you can, Patricia on, online, if you can find her and, and stay tuned because she's got a big story to tell. And uh, it's a real inspiration uh, that she's been able to do what she's done and been through what she's been through and to, to be where she's at today and and, uh, and be out there telling her story like she is because she's she's a testament to, to you know, inner strength. She really is. I know. I would love to interview her. I, I would love to pick her head. I think that would be a great podcast. <laughs> absolutely. 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 Everything from, from wrestling to modeling to, to hanging out with Kiss and Playboy. I mean, she's done it all. Oh, I know. <laughs> hey, don't forget Patricia. Patricia was in, uh, you know, Playboy too. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she was, that's, well, that's, yeah. Yeah, so I'm talking about Patricia. That's Sonny. Are you? Are you thinking of the old Sonny from WWE? Yeah, I was thinking about the old Sonny. I know, no, Patri- I know Patricia had her... No, uh, no, I, well, I, haven't, I haven't worked with Sonny. <laughs> oh, I thought you did. I, I knew you worked with Sonny. Yeah. Um, no, no. no, the Sonny I've worked with is Sonny from Glow. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Patricia... The, the other Sonny, I think she's done some, some, some personal videos and stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. That, 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 Sorry, wrong Sonny. <laughs> and then Patricia, I know Patricia's going to listen to this. She's going to um, hit me up. She's going to probably strangle me. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 Sonny, the Sonny I hang with is, uh, is uh, the, clean, the clean cut girl. Yeah. Yeah, the cool the, 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 the street. Yeah, the cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The one who's all happy and sunny. And I can just picture her singing that song for the, uh, from the Brady Bunch It's a Sunshine Day. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think the other Sonny, she, I think she raised a few eyebrows recently, too. So I think she, I don't know her personally, so I don't want to say anything negative. But No, you can't yeah, do that. I always talk positive. Yeah. I never talk negative. Exactly, exactly. I know, she's, I know she's had some rough spots in her life, but she's getting that stuff together. That's, that's pretty wild. And um, when this whole mess is over, I'm, I, I'm looking forward to, you know, get a chance to meet you in the future too that'd be a blast yeah absolutely so. now where, where are you located at are you up in Tennessee or? um no um you know I'm originally from California like I told you um I live in the Midwest um I live outside of Cincinnati Ohio oh nice okay okay yeah the home of Kentucky Fried Chicken <laughs> am I right no no it's Louisville Kentucky it's Kentucky it's home of Kentucky Fried Chicken Colonel Sanders well, he, told, he told me that the he told me the first Kentucky Fried Chicken store was in Cincinnati Ohio really I did not know That's that he told me. I definitely yeah. gotta look that up <laughs> yeah he was he was from Louisville and then I had a, another, I, there's actually a girl I went to law school with, and she, she was from Louisville, and she told me the same thing. So I always used to say, why the hell is it called Kentucky Fried Chicken, and shit's based in, in Cincinnati? Wow, you know something, that's wild. You know something, I learned a little bit about Kentucky Fried Chicken history. <laughs> there you go, there you go. I'm not just a wrestling historian, right? Oh, it's just great. This podcast has been fun, wrestling, Kentucky. Yeah, I've enjoyed it, I've enjoyed it. Kentucky Fried Chicken, comics. What can what can uh, two uh, fanboys like us enjoy? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. 
Nothing better than fried chicken and wrestling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then and then and then and then pick up a comic book and be like, hmm, let's let's read the lace comics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's too wild. <laughs> well, great. I really appreciate you having me on. Give me a give me some time. Oh, hey, it was my pleasure. And thank you so much. And everybody else, uh, thank you for listening to Wrestle Podcast. You can follow me at Facebook at Robin Paul Nelson. Um, you can follow me at Twitter, uh, Wrestle Podcast at Rob Kicks. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Wrestle Podcast. And you can follow and subscribe to my platforms, Wrestle Podcast at Podcast City Network at PodcastCity.net. Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Castbox, um, wherever you can listen to a podcast. And everybody, stay safe. Always wash your hands. And everybody, have